0: How do you know that how you perceive reality is true? Luke Baumart. I can make a million dollars
1: in a week. The glitch in the
0: matrix worth over
1: $40 million.
0: Now we are without excuse. If you have a computer, if you have a cell phone, if you have the internet, you have the opportunity to at least do something with your life. We can all be successful. We can all win. Let's talk about AI. There is the possibility for a dystopian future in which AI has the ability to control stable dictatorships in perpetuity.
2: Everyone knows that health is the most important thing. No, they
0: don't, bro. That's why they're drinking tap water. Estrogen inside the water is a massive chemical campaign against humanity.
1: They don't even think
0: whether they're what they're doing is right or wrong. That's what we call NPC mode.
1: Everyone that watches your content, they should be millionaires. They should be they will. following their passions. They will be. I think that's a big statement to make. There is a slight delusion because you can't. Why the I, I the think the the lots of people, people won't. No, they all will. Why not? You don't even know me.
2: You don't know anything about me. Do you feel like you're always kind of walking around with a guard up because there's a lot of things that you're wary of in terms of higher powers and the matrix and even Google. So much,
0: brother. I think think one of the biggest things in life is developing a filtration system for truth and being able to determine whether what you see out there is real or not. It's not. 99% of it is manipulated and it's positioned. That's why it's called search engine optimization because somebody's optimizing the search engine to spit out specific results. And all you have to understand is what people are gonna look for, position yourself, and you capture the traffic. When you look at big data, you could bro, you can buy all the data in the world for like 10 grand right now. All the data that Facebook has, you can buy it. They're not selling
1: data. What are they selling? Traffic, attention. Mm-hmm. So do you use the tool browser? the young and nah, stuff. the normal shit bro no yeah. <laughs> not the deep web and all of that i stuff. I,
0: I, I like to cross reference so for example if i want to search something that has to do with like american propaganda or i know it's like an american psyop i'll go to, to like a russian search engine because they're not going to have the same government filtration systems that google have if i want to search something about russia i'll use american tools because they'll be less biased towards the information that gets spit out
2: we can't necessarily trust everything we see online so how do we know what we can trust.
0: Well, you need to develop a filtration system for truth. So what is a filter? A filter is a mechanism that allows the separation between two different particles. In this case, your particles is truth and falsehood. So what is the filtration system? What is the process by which this information goes through to be purified? Most people don't have any. Why? Because they haven't thought about it. But there are Simple frameworks and simple filters that exist out there, I often quote the scientific method. Observation, hypothesis, testing, analyzing, arriving to a conclusion. That is truth. You observe something, you test it, you cross-reference it, you put it to practice, you evaluate the results, and then you achieve what? A conclusion. But people don't use that filtration system for anything. So when I watch somebody on YouTube make a video on the five tips for success, right? I want to filter that through the filter of truth. And that filter is, okay, I'm going to take this information. I'm going to cross-reference it with other people's information. I'm going to evaluate the validity and the scalability of what this individual's saying. And then finally, I'm going to put it to practice. I'm going to test it and I'm going to determine for myself, key, for myself, whether it's true or not. You have to put it to the test, which is what we were talking about, fitness. Okay, there's part of fitness which is intuitive, right? So you develop intuitive fitness. By what? Going to the gym, spending time with your body. You develop what? Truth. How to work out and how not to work out. By what? Repetition. By exercise. By intentionality. By using the scientific method. That's why it's called the natural sciences. That's why it's called the uh, the physical sciences, because... There is a process. Now, people think that you believe in science. No, science is just a framework to achieve a specific outcome. In this case, truth. But just like that, you can apply multiple different filters and determine whether something can stand the test of time or not.
2: Are most people just lazy? Because there's obviously a lot of energy involved in using this filtration system. And it seems like a lot of people would rather just take things at at face value and not attempt to discover the truth.
0: Yes, you're right. I mean. To discover truth means, first of all, that you will be insulted with the realization that you're an ignorant fuck. That's the first thing. People don't like to be wrong. People like to be right. If you don't read books, if you don't educate yourself, it's because you believe that you know everything. If you come into life with the mentality, I don't know anything. I am literally a fucking worm. I'm a scrub. I position myself in the situation of, Humility, then life gives to me the opportunities to learn lessons. When my ears are shut, when my mind is shut, then the eyes don't fucking matter. It doesn't matter what information I show you, it doesn't matter what data, it doesn't matter what podcast you listen to, it doesn't matter what advice you take. Unless there's a fundamental shift, it makes no sense. So I think it's not that people are lazy is that people don't even know what they want.
1: Do you think more and more people um, are actually forming this filtration system nowadays? Um, because it seems to be a big a generational difference. I know my dad used to believe everything that's on the news, but now since seeing this online world and what we're doing on YouTube, his kind of mind has been opened up, but there's a lot of older people that just watch you know, BBC News, for example. Do you think there's a generational difference there? It's a technological difference. And I was talking with your father
0: about this before, and it has to do with technological revolutions. Every time a a technological revolution takes place or a technology is introduced that fundamentally shapes the fabric of reality, like AI or the printing press or the internet, the first couple years are usually led by authoritarian dictatorship style abuse of that technology. The printing press, when it was originally used, Well, it was banned in most places until it kind of became commercialized. And now, well, the the Bible was being printed all over the place. So now the church no longer had the power struggle of, hey, the peasants have to come to us to learn. So what do we do now? Well, we have to burn the books. But another example of technological revolution that kind of uh, stifled society was the radio, not the radio in general, but when the radio was introduced in the home, because now people no longer had to think. They were told what to think by the three channels, the four channels, the five channels on the radio that you would listen to. Now, if you begin to evaluate how the world works today, you can see how easy it would be to manipulate and manage five radio channels, 24 hours a day. I could do that right now with a couple million dollars. It's not very difficult. So to assume that that wasn't taking place back then is a fallacy because it was taking place. That's the first part. The second part is also understanding that the older generation, they didn't really have a choice. Right. If all that you have is the fucking public library that's run by the government, the books there are by the government, the history that's written there is by the government, added to the radio in your house, what are the source of information you get? You're part of the school system. But another technological revolution took place that disrupted what? It disrupted the radio. What was it? The internet. When the internet was introduced, now people were like, wait, 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 wait. This person is saying this, but I don't. I can cross-reference it. Let me check. And now, people are utilizing the internet the first 20 years. You saw it. Censorship, managing shit, uh, search engine optimization that's controlled, uh, social media bans, all sorts of content. But now, people are waking up and utilizing this new technology, just like they did in the printing press, and democratizing it. You see decentralization. You see people going viral. You can't really control it, right? At this point, getting censored online, it's quite difficult. And we've seen this kind of proven over the last couple of years if you instill enough demand into a specific topic, you kind of can break the algorithm of, of censorship. And that's kind of what took place in the printing press. That's what took place when the radio was introduced into the household. And when the internet came and broke that disruption for people to no longer have to listen to those three channels, but have the ability to do what? To search everything. But what did the smart marketers and the internet kind of nerds do. They're like, okay, well, let's control the first three pages of search because people are lazy. They're not going to go past the first three pages. They'll see Luke Belmar's net worth on the first page of Google and assume that that's true. But is it true? How do you know that it's true? How are you cross-referencing it? You don't. You don't even know me. You don't know anything about me. You're just making assumptions based off of the information that's out there. And just like the radio, that information is also controlled. But now you have the introduction of AI and AGI, which is the next revolution that's taking place which is your access to democratized information. You see videos going viral on TikTok all the time about the craziest shit. The, and it's real stuff, right? It's the craziest shit. And what it comes to prove is that now the internet is becoming democratized. The information is becoming democratized. So to say you know, that we live in a different age, it's not an age gap, it's a technological gap. Because had the older generation, like your father had access to the internet, the decision-making process would have been completely different because they would have had access to a different set of tools to make decisions. Now we are without excuse. I don't care if you live in Africa. I don't care if you live in South America. I don't care if you live in the North Pole. If you have a computer, if you have a cell phone, if you have the internet, you have the opportunity, specifically with free AI that's out there, to at least do something with your life. And the democratization of information gives access to the democratization of opportunity. And opportunity
1: is everywhere. You briefly mentioned uh, religion and the Bible just then. What's your relationship like with God? Well,
0: wh- who, what is God?
1: See, lots of people say the no, universe. No, don't, no, don't
0: tell me what other people say. What,
1: what do, do I say? think God is? Yeah. Well, personally, I don't believe it. I believe in self-agency. So I make things happen in my life. So I don't believe there's a higher power. So who created
0: the reality that gives you the ability to conceptualize this thought? One, two, plan for the future. Three, live in this reality. Four, make your heart pump, beat. Four, give you consciousness. Five, give you a father that loves you. Six, gives you emotions towards your father. Seven, gives father emotions towards you. Eight, you guys share DNA. Nine, you guys probably share a bond that you can't really explain through
1: science. How
0: do you explain those
1: things? I mean, I would say that's a lot of positive things, but how would you explain all the negatives like cancer, kids dying of terrible diseases? There's lots of bad things in the world as well. So if God made all those positive things, then he must have made the negative things. So why would he have done that?
0: You're under the assumption that the negative things are bad. The negative things are just the negative things. When you understand that there's positive and negative at an energetic level you no longer see things for what they are when you observe things from a higher position you understand that everything that's happening in this reality is merely an expression of what it's a merely an expression of the human condition because the human condition is manifested in reality so you see wars you see turmoil you see all these things happening it's not pointing at god
1: it's pointing at our deficiency and our need for god but god made us so why yes. would he make us with deficiencies why would he allow us to be on a yacht here and kids dying in africa that doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make sense and that's the beauty about reality is that it doesn't have to make sense
0: it just has to be and you have to surrender to the fact that you may not understand everything and if an entity that is so powerful is supposed to be conceptualized and completely understood within the matter that resides inside
2: of our head, then it wouldn't be really worth worshiping, would it? What is God to you? Can you describe what it is?
0: God to me is, in a simple form, a higher power that has created reality. Not just this reality that we perceive, but reality in and of itself, existence. So subconscious, conscious, spirit, Uh, three-dimensional realm, two-dimensional realm, four-dimensional realm. You can go to multi-dimensions. The creator outside of the universe. So we live inside of a matrix. Matrix comes from the word matriz. Matriz is the the word to be born, to be born out of uh, the womb. That's what it translates to. So the matrix is basically a birth concept. So just like I could give you, we could take this watch right now, toss it on the table, break all the individual pieces together, I could shuffle it as many times as I wanted, but unless there was intelligent design, that watch wouldn't come together.
1: Why does something have to create our reality? Because obviously, if we're saying God created our reality, reality, who created God? You know, it, it keeps going and going and going. There needs to be an end point. Well, no, that's under the assumption that God abides within
0: natural law. So if God abides outside of time, space and matter in the beginning time, God created heaven. Space and the earth matter. So, in order to create time, space, and matter, you need to be outside of time, space, and matter. He created time, space, and matter. You're just bound to it. That's why you don't comprehend it.
1: Quick question, guys Did you know that millions of sellers such as MrBeast, Discord, Emirates, and Cristiano Ronaldo are using dot store domains? But what is dot store? Well, a website that ends in dot store tells your customers right away that they stumbled across an online store and clearly associates that website with selling. It's different and it stands out from all those long and confusing website names. I like to think of it like one of those big bright neon signs outside your store. Also, in a 12-month long study, data conclusively proved that a dot store domain led to 87% more traffic. Put simply, more traffic equals more sales. See, I've been doing my homework. And if all this wasn't good enough, you also get 12% lesser cost per conversion when running ads. So it really does pay to have a .store domain. I'll be honest, you can buy the domain at Shopify, Namecheap, GoDaddy, wherever you prefer. .store can be bought everywhere. However, .store is running a limited time offer just for you guys to get the domain at just 99 cents of the first year. So if you'd like to take advantage of that, just click the link in the description below and use the coupon SIBSTORE to get the domain for just 99 cents. Anyway, back to the show. How would you describe your religion? I don't have a religion.
0: I am a person that's seeking for truth. I am deeply desperate to know what the fuck is happening.
3: What made you want to seek truth? Like, was there a defining moment that made you this way? Because I feel like everybody has sort of a moment where they think fuck and they go on to strive for success or it changes them as a person in their earlier years. Was there a a defining moment for you that made you the
0: unique character that you are? I think psychedelics definitely play a big impact towards resetting your mental frameworks and how you perceive reality. How do you know that how you perceive reality is true? How do you know that how you perceive reality isn't through the filters of lies? You don't. So what you need to do is you need to consistently renew your mind. You need to reset your mind all the time. So it's not a process of, oh, let me, I just switched into a state of enlightenment. No, it's every day you need to be consistently diligent to not fall into the lies. And it's a day by day endeavor because all we have is the right now. So I need to change my attitude and be who I'm supposed to be right now, right here. Not yesterday, who gives a fuck about yesterday, not tomorrow. But
3: but surely like as a nine-year-old kid, you wouldn't have thought in that way. You was just living life. And lots of people don't think in, in the way that you're thinking now. So how did you get from there to here?
0: It's a process, like I said, it's a process of pursuing truth. Most people pursue falsehood. Most people pursue lies. Most people don't live authentically. When your goal, isn't to make money, when your goal isn't to impress people, when your goal isn't to achieve anything except the full development of yourself and the pursuit of truth, then your priorities are different. My priorities have always been to not be a slave to the things that other people have told me make me successful. Let me give you an example, money. People find their security in money. We were talking about this before. Why, why the fuck would you find your security in an item first that is imaginary two that is simply a tool of measurement and three that is owned by somebody else why do you mean security by security um, in any means any any means security freedom for example i mean look at the pope does the pope need money in order for him to have freedom
1: no he's got status and he's yeah obviously the position that he has he has himself so what you have to do to achieve freedom is to become a person that is free so why have you pursued um, you know, earning so much money if that was the case? Because it's easy. How is it easy to make money then? Because I, I imagine a lot of our viewers out there are striving for money. But and if you can that's, help that's them the, out. That's,
0: the, the problem is they're striving. You strive for air. I don't strive. The money comes to me. Why? Because you become the type of person that attracts money. How? Position yourself in the right rooms. Read the right books. Think the right thoughts develop the right frameworks. I think we find ourselves in a situation with, with truth where people uh, don't like it. And they don't like it because it's a mirror that reflects who they are. And when you get a true reflection of who you are, it can be offensive. And sometimes you need to be offended in order to change. Because the first step to solving a problem is to realizing that there is one. And what I did when you're asking, what was this pivotal moment? is I was realized, bro, I'm going nowhere. The decisions that I'm making, the food that I'm eating, the people that I'm hanging out with, it's all I have to do, stop for five minutes and evaluate. Where's this leading me? Nowhere. I need to change. What do I need to do? Like you said, I need to test different shit. I need to take the scientific method, take an idea, take a thesis, conceptualize it, break it down, test it, implement it, reach a hypothesis, and then iterate. Iterate, iterate, iterate iterate till you find truth. And when you find truth, you'll know it. Would you recommend psychedelics for us? For sure, 100%. After conversing with you guys for a couple minutes, there's a a few things that I've identified, if I may be frank. One is mental limitations. Verbiage is extremely important. How you speak about yourself, how you speak about opportunity, how you see the world uh, needs to be seen from a place of abundance and opportunity, not from a place of scarcity and need. And a lot of people, whether they believe it or not, they operate out of a place of scarcity and need and fear because they haven't developed the mental framework of believing and confiding in themselves and trusting themselves. So I think it, initially people need to reshift their frameworks. Psychedelics, at a very basic level, what it does is, one, it provides neurogenesis. So neurogenesis, after the age of 25, is extremely rare. So finding supplementation that gives you the ability to... uh reintroduce neurogenesis into your biology as well as neuroplasticity is extremely important. What people don't seem to understand is that psilocybin, which is the component inside psychedelic mushrooms, has been used throughout history forever. And it's only been tabooed for the last hundred years. The last hundred years of human history, we've been in the dark ages. People are dumb. People are illiterate. People are misinformed just because people have cell phones and just because people are able to live in an apartment does not mean that they're free, does not mean that they're educated, does not mean that their mental frameworks are good. So when I begin to ask people and I find this oftentimes, what do you need? I ask somebody all the time. What do you need? Automatically, the de facto for most people is I need money, even if they're rich.
1: Why? Like, how much money do you need? Well, money's a tool, right? And it can get you the freedom. But how much money do you need? I mean, that's, uh, you know, everyone gets to a certain stage and they want more and more and more. There doesn't seem to be uh, an end point. We ask a lot of our guests, when is enough enough? And they always say, never. You know, that's the most common answer. So I don't don't think there necessarily is an end to that game. It is an endless game you can play.
0: That's why you don't play it.
1: Are there risks associated with psychedelics? Yes,
0: you can lose your mind. (laughs) So
1: I was going to say this is pretty interesting because we've had um, David Icke on the pod and he was talking about how the human brain can only see um, a certain you know visible light of certain out the spectrum of light. What was kind of your experience when you were taking these, these psychedelics? What was the trip like? So David Icke,
0: he's quite accurate, I believe, in his interpretation of how we perceive reality, because we perceive reality through our senses, right? How you see things, how you taste things, how you feel things, how you hear things. But what if there's more to reality than your senses? What if there's more to reality than your senses? What if what you perceive
1: is just a part of reality? I think that's a certainty, isn't it? Lots of animals can uh, see lots of different things that we can't uh, through different senses that we don't have. Exactly. So what if there's senses
0: that people have that they've been desensitized to in order to perceive more of reality? You can talk about fluoridation inside the water fluoridation inside the water, estrogen inside the water is a massive chemical campaign against humanity to calcify people's pineal glands, to feminize men, to intoxicate people. And it's happening all around us. You can talk about the water supply. You can talk about the food. You can talk about the pesticides. You can talk about the hormones that they give girls, this birth control concept. This is new. Birth control hasn't existed forever. What are, what are the ramifications of putting a billion women on monthly recurring revenue of estrogen? Do they need it? Or have we just normalized, you know, a PSYOP? And I think that that's what people need to start evaluating, questioning everything. And back to what we were talking about, the old generation, they didn't question anything because they had nothing to compare it to. Today, we have things to compare it to. So we need to use other references in order to find truth.
2: So are these decisions being consciously made, and who's making them? So who's deciding we're going to put estrogen in the water, and we're going to get girls to take this, and we're going to put this in the food to control the masses? Who's making that decision?
0: I think it goes back to what I talked about. I, as I said, humanity and in, in our and in our human experience is merely a representation of of a whole of the whole, right? So. If you if you have the entire body, you'll only need a couple cancer cells to kill the entire thing. We are to the universe the same way that cells are to us. We're just components of it. So the components represent the totality of everything. So what you're experiencing right now in, in reality is not just one individual person. It's a systemic issue which comes from a low-level mentality. It comes from a low vibrational state. It comes from thinking short-term, comes from being selfish, it comes from being inauthentic, it comes from living in lies, it comes from being greedy, it comes from being selfish. All of these ramifications are now displayed in reality through money, through wars, through stealing, through killing, uh, through estrogen in the water, through poisoning food, they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck, why would they?
2: But who's they?
0: Millions of people, brother.
2: So for example, everyone taking part in drinking the water, they're not consciously saying, I'm gonna drink this and I want everyone to poison themselves. Correct. So is it a conscious move from the powers that be to control the masses, or is it the masses are controlling themselves? It's
0: both, it's both. I mean, you can look at, for example, uh, simple things like uh, processed sugar. Up until the last couple decades, processed sugar was considered normal. But there was clearly ramifications to it. We just didn't know them. So I think people also go through a, a phase of ignorance. And we are in a stage now of getting rid of ignorance. That is truth, right? So to get rid of chaos, you need to introduce order. You need to introduce orderly thought. And that's what you see the powers at be. It's not so much, oh, let's poison this. Let's attack this. It's let's cause chaos because in chaos, you can't solve problems. And in chaos, you can just assume control because everybody's kind of scrambling.
2: Can I just briefly take you back to something you said a few minutes ago? Um, You said that from talking to us, you'd noticed that some of us have uh, a lack of a, we don't have an abundance mindset, et cetera, et cetera. Can you maybe just highlight some specific things that we may have said to you that have given you that impression?
0: Yes. We were conversing about his physique when we first started. And the way that he described himself. Are we talking about Kyle or me, Maybe. Kyle. The way that he described himself was for how he viewed himself, not for the potential that he has. So when you view yourself for what you are right now, not for who you are to be, then in the future, you're just going to manifest more of what you are. Skinny. Oh, well, I don't I don't like to eat enough or, you know, I just I, I have a problem with diet. OK, pro- perfect. You say you have a problem with diet. You have a problem with diet because that's what you've said. Therefore, that's the, that's the echo that you're going to get back. But what if you said, no, I don't. I hit my macros every single day, I'm on a, I'm, I'm a caloric surplus, I'm hitting the weights, and that's your mindset, that's your reality. With you, we talked about, uh, I, I told you, I'm gonna get your dad into biohacking, and there's no way that he's gonna tell me otherwise, because I'm gonna, con- and he's intelligent, and you know why he's gonna do it? Because he's gonna realize the benefits and the facts and the pros to once you have kids, right? Being able to hang out with the grandkids.
1: No, I I would absolutely love that. And I'd love my dad to embrace that stuff. But as his business partner, I do know how awkward the the guy can be a lot of the time. And it's in the the butt. Yeah, I've never found a way to get through to him. And if you can, fantastic. I'll tell you the way to get through to him.
0: Through becoming the type of person that inspires change. You don't lead people, and age is just a construct. Right. Like I I told your dad, I'm talking to you like you're my boy. Like I know I know deep down who you are. Like you're still like you're still me, bro. Like we're still in our thing. You just have a couple more years. Now you've believed a ton of things, a ton of frameworks that aren't true. Now my job as your friend is to help you work through these things. There's no reason why your dad shouldn't have a six-pack. In fact, your dad, my hope is that he starts getting back into the gym, starts playing football, continues skiing. Goes out and does more crazy shit with you guys. I'd I'd love that, yeah. We were talking, you know, about your dad said something really special to me. He said, the importance about filling up the bank account of experiences. Yeah, And health is the tectonic plate on which experiences lie. And unless you have health, you can't have experiences. So as I now realize that your dad has money, he doesn't need more money he's pursuing experiences, pursuing life. So as a friend, what is my job? How can I make sure that he lives his goal best? Well, he needs to be healthy. That's how I'm going to help him pursue. I can't help him out of ski. He's got, he's going to do all sorts of crazy shit. So how am I going to help him? Well, Hey bro, here's a biohacking routine in the morning, just stretch in the morning. Just go for a 15, 20 minute walk. You don't have to enter the weight room if you don't want to. The weight room is just what one discipline of exercise. You can do another million different practices. Pilates, yoga stretching running walking
1: football skiing these are all exercises but the word but i, I think it has to come to from them from a certain extent you know you, you can't you can inspire change then, but it then does you depend on the then person then you haven't
0: mastered natural law brother because natural law the law of gravity dictates that gravitas mass one mass the bigger mass gravitates right and pulls all other
1: masses towards it so why is everyone that doesn't, everyone that watches your content, surely you're becoming that mass. So sh- they should be millionaires. They should be they will. following their passions, they will be. but not everyone will be. Yes, they will. I think that's a big statement to make. And yeah. I, I know a lot of people will, but I, I, they, don't, they, they, I think it is. does rely on your own personal ambitions and why goals inside. Yes and no. Why can't you
0: rewire those goals? And why can't you rewire those ambitions? And why can't you change your mental framework?
1: I believe you personally can. I believe in an abundance mindset for myself, but I'm not sure about other people. But then that's not an abin- abundance mindset because you've just limited everybody else. I believe in controlling what's inside you. You know, I can control everything in my mind. I can't control his mind. I can't control his mind. So I can what be as inspiring is, as
0: possible. But you can through action. And you've seen different people in history that act as pendulum swings because their resilience, their persistence, their conviction is so powerful that they change everything. Those people exist. Those people are putting people on fucking Mars, brother. That's the level of conviction that you need. So the abundance mindset is saying, no, we can all be healthy. We can all be successful. We can all win. And I'll live in that fucking delusion if I have to. I believe we can, but I don't think they won't.
1: I I think lots of people won't. Don't even think about that, bro. Fuck the negative.
2: Who gives a fuck about the people? No, they all will. Why not? But you look around and it is difficult to, to it, keep faith in. Bro. Every, of example, course it's difficult, bro. For example, everyone knows that eating healthy is is good for you. Everyone knows that you should be in shape. Everyone knows that health is the most important no, thing. No, they don't. But,
0: but No, it, they don't, bro. That's why they're drinking
2: tap water. Bro, every mother that I go to, that I tell
0: them, stop microwaving your baby's milk because you're putting microplastics into the milk and stop sucking on a little plastic thing all day long because it has microplastics. Every mother that I tell that to, they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And they stop doing it.
2: But there's levels, right? So pretty much everyone knows, unless you're absolutely stupid, that McDonald's is really bad for you. But if you go past the McDonald's now, there's still a line full of cars. I know it's bad for me, but I'm still in that line. I'm still getting my McDonald's because well, well, be I fair. don't
1: care enough. Tom, you're not in that and, line. And that's where, and that's where, <laughs> I'm not in that line. And that's where I
0: would disagree. I think it's addiction. I think it's addiction, and I think people are easily persuaded. If you see people scrolling on Instagram, checking their fucking stories, that's not because they're choosing to do that. They are on autopilot. That's what we call MPC mode. MPC mode isn't whether they know that they're doing something right or wrong. They don't even think whether what they're doing is right or wrong. They're just hungry. (laughs) They're operating off of their primal instincts. They're not even thinking. They're not even getting to the point where they're developing thought. That's the crazy part. So it's not even the choice it's not even at choice it's autopilot so what does psychedelics what do me saying convicting state convict uh, convincing statements or powerful statements like yes we can all be healthy it's because these are shock factors these are things that are like hmm, okay like okay maybe i'm part of that equation too most people are operating out of that default there's so many people that i've talked to about the difficulty of of self development And the difficulty of getting off of processed sugars and the difficulty of getting off of bad foods, it's hard. It took me years. What, you're just going to cut something that you did for 30 years, 25 years, 18 years in a day? Mm, Very difficult. What you need to do is you need to become a different person. But most people, they want an overnight shift. They want change to happen to them. They don't want to change. And that is an autopilot behavior. You just want change, luck. Luck. Oh, well, I'm just going to get healthy by luck. Well, oh, well, the food, oh, I'm not going to get cancer. Oh, if I don't work out, uh, maybe I'm going to do well. It's all luck. Luck, luck, luck. I operate out of probabilities. Science operates off of probabilities, not off of luck. Luck is merely your inability to gauge probabilities and statistics. So my habits and my conditioning is based off of thinking, rational thinking. And off of probabilities, what are the probabilities of how I'm going to feel if I eat this food versus if I drive an extra two minutes and ate something else? And if people started applying that logical thought, even if you're poor, you can still rice and chicken, water and lemon. Everything is possible, my brother.
1: All of it. Do you believe me? I believe anything is possible. That's it. But no, I don't no, believe no, 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 no. No, that's that it. everything will happen. So I I believe abundance mindset is slightly different from what you believe it is.
3: Yeah, I think there is an important but I get what you're saying and I find it admirable, but I also think that there is a slight delusion because you can't assume that people are going to do it.
0: Just like the del- perfect. You can have the delusion of abundance or the delusion of scarcity. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so choose which which we're all we all live in our fucking delusion. We all think we're the main characters of the video game and we're not. Yeah, I so, agree with that. <laughs> like we 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 all think we're the heroes of the journey and we're not. So we're gonna, we all live in delusions. Mm. You have the dream of the dream, everything that you want. It's a delusion. It's, it's an illusion.
3: But I would say you believe that everybody can. Yes. I believe that everybody can, but not everybody will.
0: And I agree that not everybody will, but it's not because they can't.
1: It's yeah, we all agree that. with yeah, that. Yeah.
3: I, I agree with that. Uh, I think we've hit a, a middle ground there yes. that makes sense.
1: So obviously, um, a big part of your journey was investing in crypto early on. Mm. How did you have the conviction to take that risk of, I believe you're working as a waiter and then putting half of your money into crypto at the time. How did you know or think that that was going to be a thing in the future? I didn't. I looked
0: at Bitcoin. First, I tried to understand it. My first thought was it's expensive. When I was sitting at a couple hundred dollars, because I was comparing it to... Uh, penny stocks that I was looking at on Robinhood. I'm like, whoa, this is expensive. But then I started to begin to understand what is money? Why is Bitcoin important? And I just started buying it. Bitcoin wasn't my biggest allocation, nor is it my biggest allocation, nor is it my biggest holding. But it's what got me introduced into the ecosystem. From there, I got introduced to XRP. I got introduced to Cardano. I got introduced to fucking XLM, all the OG coins. I remember buying... Tron, which was crazy, sub one penny went to like a dollar eighty in the 2017 bull run. We were doing like 180 x's, 100 x's in a couple of weeks, but I lost it all. I lost all the money that I made in the first bull run because I fell into the psyop of hold on for dear life, hold all your bags, moon boy this, moon boy that, and I didn't treat the markets for what the markets were, which is a place to come and make money. And I don't see Bitcoin as right now as anything more than another place to hold money. Over human, the period of human history, this idea of having one global currency never really existed. There were always fractionalized notes. If you begin to evaluate how banking worked inside the United States, different banks would issue their own reserves and different states would issue their own notes. Eventually, that all kind of got institutionalized, put together. JP Morgan, a lot of collaborators, and the dollar that we have today kind of took over the petrodollar. I think we're beginning to notice the fractioning, again, of where people like to hold their value and hold their money. To say that not holding your dollars is like a bad thing, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that because the United States is still the superpower of the world. They are the military superpower of the world. They are the imperial power of the world. And holding their currency versus holding any other currency wins over Singaporean dollars, over Swiss francs. At an inflation level, the dollar still wins.
1: How about something like gold? I can't tell you
0: a lot about gold because I'm not very familiar with it. I hold physical gold Mm -hmm. under the premise that I like to have physicality, right? I want a asset that is physical that I can hold on to. I also want digital assets, I want Bitcoin because I can't take $100,000 worth of gold overseas. I get stopped, right? They'd be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? You you laundering money? Yeah, I can take a hard drive and just go overseas and hand it to somebody a 100 grand. That's what I like about uh, this type of currency. So the goal of currency is to protect yourself. Two, is to find opportunity for appreciation. Opportunity for appreciation and three, is not losing your purchasing power. And that's the big thing that we're noticing today is the purchasing power of people's money is being reduced. And that's where people don't realize that they're entering into slavery. It's this debt cycle, right? This cycle of living off of what you have and okay, perfect. But now you got double the salary, but perfect. They just printed twice the amount of bills. So you're technically just still in the same situation you just have more numbers. That's why a lot of people are flexing, oh, you have a million dollars in the bank account. Yeah, but bro, do you, do you know how much it costs to buy a house? Like if you were to buy a house cash, your bank account would be depleted by 50%. You're not that rich,
1: right? So, yeah. It's interesting that you say you like to hold physical assets, but I've also heard you say that you don't like real estate. Why I, is that the case? Uh, I simply don't like real estate for two purposes. I think
0: it's a great place to store your money. I understand why people that have a fuck ton of money store their money in real estate because why would you have fifty million dollars sitting in a Chase bank account? It makes no fucking sense whatsoever. I don't like it because I don't like the headaches of administering. Even if I have admin people running it, it's still my property. I'm still responsible for it. And two, I don't like to have things that entities can seize that are readily available. Yeah, it makes sense. Those so, are the two only reasons. Where
2: does most of your money sit to this day and or like what's the split between investments and right cash now? And
0: the bank? Right now, cash and stocks. That's it. No crypto. Cash and stocks. What
1: stocks do you hold? Uh,
0: All the stocks that uh, buy crypto. So big on Coinbase, big on MicroStrategy. The person that put me on the MicroStrategy is the the richest guy in Mexico. Uh, He talks about MicroStrategy. I was like, okay, he's bought MicroStrategy. I'm going to buy it. Uh, Coinbase is the biggest holder of Bitcoin and MicroStrategy is up there. So I'm just going to own the two companies. I'm betting on the winning horses because even though bitcoin has the opportunity and most likely will get approved as an ETF i think the multiples that are going to be made aren't going to be made from bitcoin they're going to be made from all the other markets that are going to get the liquidity from the the crypto market that the crypto bull run that's going to come so my thought and my initial opinion would be stocks that's where i have a lot of my capital because it's safe i have a lot of meta stock I have a lot of Microsoft. I put in pff, quite a bit of money in Microsoft the day that Microsoft did the $10 billion investment. I posted about it. I tweeted about it simply because they basically bought OpenAI without saying that they bought OpenAI. And why wouldn't you invest into the only potential investment vehicle to OpenAI, right? It's, you're not going to get access to buying OpenAI. So that's the only next best thing. And then finally, PayPal. I'm a big advocate for PayPal. I got fucking nuked with PayPal, but I'm a really big proponent on the IP that PayPal holds and their cash net positive business. And it's a legacy company. And then cash. Cash on the sidelines ready to deploy into the market.
1: Do you ever worry about diversification? Because obviously you're quite heavy into tech and crypto and stocks that are pegged to crypto. Obviously, if that whole industry died, you would be in trouble probably.
0: I would never be in trouble because my security, first of all, does not rely on myself, on like the things that I have, but on myself. So I can make a million dollars in a week. Like If I go broke today, I can make a million dollars next week. How would
1: ish. you go about making a million dollars if you went broke next week? I mean,
0: I have a, I have a, a nine-figure community. So I have a 200,000-person wait list to join Capital Club. Each person, I have about a 20% conversion rate. So I have 20,000 people already there. All I would have to do is send a message and be like, I'm doing an event in Miami. Yacht day, 50% margins. Sell 50 tickets at $1,000. I already have 25 grand in the bank account. 25 grand runs me three months. I can have enough cash flow to be able to set up a business plan. All it takes is strategy and planning. It's very simple. It's doing the same thing of what's already worked. People go broke. Because they do the same thing of the wrong thing. You want to get rich? Do
1: the same thing of the right thing. Just to play <laughs> devil's advocate here. If crypto did go downhill and all of the tech stocks went downhill, all of AI, would people still want to pay for that mastermind on the yacht? Because obviously your whole thing is that stuff. So maybe my, your my, area of expertise won't really. be as valuable then.
0: Not really. I think that's that's... That's the fishing net that I've thrown into the ocean of opportunity to collect some fish, AKA money. But I think to assume that that's the only thing in which I provide value is very limited. I mean, I brought my banker up here, right? My banker works for one of the top three banks in uh, the entire world. And he runs one of the top branches in the entire world. All I have to do is ask him for a loan. He's my boy, he's on the yacht right here. and And he runs one of the branches of the biggest banks in the entire country. So the key is connections. The the, the key is to become the type of person that attracts Mm. money and opportunity. So, So if nothing existed, just being myself, developing myself would create money. Money is merely the transaction of value. So to assume, okay, perfect, I become irrelevant with crypto. That's fine. I'll go find something else where I can become relevant and good.
2: Let's talk about AI. When I say that, what comes to mind for you? What do you think about?
0: I think about the feeble minds of humanity and how easily replaceable we are and that there is the possibility for a dystopian future in which AI controls most of reality. Ilya, one of the co-founders of OpenAI, said that AGI has the ability to control stable dictatorships in perpetuity. What this means is that we can create mental models and we can create systems and operations and procedures that allow dictatorship to run in perpetuity. It's not very difficult. It's happening in China. China owns 50% plus of all the surveillance cameras in the world. They have central bank digital currencies attached to WeChat, WePay, uh, they have their social credit score attached to jaywalking. So if you jaywalk, your WeChat gets a deducted That's crazy. money. And if your credit score goes down a certain level, you can't buy food. You can't travel. You can't leave the country. And in fact, now, shout out to Elon, if you're under a certain credit score. You can't charge your Tesla. So if you think that that just stops in the United States or he stops in China and is not coming to the United States and to the rest of the world, well, you're sadly mistaken. So do you think he's going
1: to create that super app?
0: Well, I think he's competing for it because if he's not going to do it, he's going to get fucked by somebody else. So how do you, how do you play the game? I mean, you're, you own Neuralink, which is the implant into people's heads. You own, well, he used to own part of OpenAI, but now he's in the entire uh, X.AI uh, game. He owns the social media company that feeds the AI with infinite information. He owns the car, so he can feed the AI infinite information of people's movements. He controls the satellites that have the internet that connect the neural link to the AI to the car, which is a surveillance vehicle. And he controls the solar panels that are gonna be connected to the houses. And little do people know, Tesla, their power charging grids have now become the standard power charging grids in the entire country. So you have one individual who controls the power grid, who controls the vehicle, who controls the AI, who controls the implant, who controls the social media platform, and who controls the satellites and the internet that's going into space. It's the perfect setup for Lex Luthor.
1: Let's just put it that way. So do we need to stop Elon Musk?
0: I think we need to figure out how to become AI proof, building businesses that are resilient to AI, figuring out what are the things that are going to be difficult for AI to replace, and working towards skill sets of the future and not skill sets of the present. People are out here starting OnlyFans management companies as if that was their their golden ticket to success because they're thinking about the, co- the coin in the bag that they're going to make next month. Little do they know the su- fucking tsunami that's coming their way in a couple of years. They have no idea whatsoever So your ability to anticipate trends is your ability to ride trends and you ride trends and you get rich. So it's not merely a concept of luck. It's a concept of probability. I got, I got smacked in 2017 with crypto. I knew crypto was going to come back. It already come back from the next Bitcoin having it pumped. I knew social media was going to play a big part of it. I didn't know how it was going to play a big part of it. I just was familiar with the CZ and Binance ecosystem. So I bet on him. He was the fucking best winning horse in the entire game. Maybe I got lucky. Who knows? I don't think so. I was in the right place at the right time. I was buying BNB in 2017 for $2 when the exchange had just opened. I was on that shit. So if you increase your probabilities, you develop your skills to become AI proof or develop skills that are difficult for AI to replace, like personal connection and authenticity and truth and creativity and critical thinking and love, and empathy, and humanity, and you develop that shit and stop being an NPC. then I don't think you need to really worry about AI. And I think that there's always a place in the world where even though there's shit happening like totalitarian control, like in China, there's other places in the world that aren't gonna be so crazy.
1: If money wasn't a big focus for you and you weren't chasing money, why would you buy all of the, the BNB and the Bitcoin at so, at so low prices? Because Um, I'm a degenerate, bro. (laughs) Because I'm a
0: fucking d bro. I'm a degenerate. That's how I I play the games. If I'm going to play my card, first, I'm not going to play a ton of hands. I'm only going to play my hands when I know my hands are strong. People are out here trading and investing every fucking day, assuming that that's productive. I don't want to be a machine gun that's just out here... let me just throw shit on the wall. Let me invest 1,000 into 50 different shit coins. Hopefully one pops off and I make my return. No, I make sizable, calculated bets, and I make sure that those bets pay off. So for example, when Meta was sitting at about sub $100, I told literally on Twitter publicly, everybody, I'm putting 10% of my net worth into Meta because it's oversold. And this is an entire campaign for them to buy back their stock cheaper. And it was true. And that shit pumped over 100%. So it was one decision that was well-informed and was accurate. And I'll explain how I came down to that conclusion. Not a trade every single day. Not out here on Etherscan looking at whale wallets and going crazy. That's not how I trade. Some people do it that way. That's totally fine. But what was my thesis with Meta? Well, I studied facebook because i used to do e-commerce everything's correlated with what i do if you open up your mind you can start making more money with the information that you already have i'm like when does meta make their most of their money when do they make most of their capital during q4 right when people are actually running a ton of ads when does shopify make most of their money well during q4 when merchants are actually running a ton of business and clocking sales through black friday and christmas so when do I think they're going to have good reporting about their earnings? Most likely Q1. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to understand that other people are going to have the same same mental framework as me and they're going to arrive to that conclusion later than I will because I have prepared myself earlier and I'm more experienced in this specific stock and understanding the specific movement of this stock. And then I'm going to sell the news. So you ride the concept or you ride the potentiality of an ETF. And as soon as the ETF comes in, you sell and then you can buy back in. And that was my concept with Beto. Small, uh, calculated, limited decisions as opposed to all sorts of crazy shit is my, my, my way of moving.
1: Where do you see Meta going in the future? Because I'm not too keen on how their all of their Metaverse looks at the moment. And I obviously know that it will improve and get to a stage where maybe it's like um, Ready Player One or something like that. But where do you see it going?
0: Bet on winning horses, brother. If you don't think Mark Zuckerberg is out here to run this entire game, he is. So I just put my money with winning horses. And sometimes the winning horses do better than others. But I, my conclusion with like Meta or with Shopify was the businesses are winning horses. They're cash positive. They're, they're going to be successful. The speculation on it is good. The risk reward ratio is good. And uh, I think most people correlate action with productivity. And that's just not really the case. That's kind of like a peasant mindset. You know, the more you work, the more productive you are, I think making the right decisions and acting upon the right decisions equate to productivity. So I'm focused on that. That's how I invest. That's how I make decisions. It it's more relaxing to live that way.
1: How do you feel about the people that say, invest your money in the S and P 500 and you get rich when you're 65 um, with compound interest over all of those years. The problem is when you get to 65 and you look back and what you have to show for
0: your entire life, you don't have much. So, The dream is cool. When you arrive to the destination, it's not what it was painted to be. It's not that great. So why would you take somebody else's mental framework as the best framework for reality? You're just taking it because you don't want to do your own due diligence and build your own mental frameworks in your own investing strategies. That's why ETFs exist. That's why the S and P 500 and these are great tools. These are tools. These are vehicles that people use to kind of make a ton of money. And so be it long term. I don't know. I think people need to be diversified. If you're fully in the stock market, you're fucked. If you're fully in cash, you're fucked. We live in a society right now where you have to be dynamic and you have to be very fluid.
1: Do you think there's a place for both um, investing long term and also dipping in and out riding in the waves like you're talking about?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think there is a massive uh, play in investing long term, but knowing what you're investing into and knowing why you're buying what you're buying. If, if you're gonna invest in something long-term, you better have good conviction in it. I don't wanna ride l- something long-term because I'm holding the bag. We're
2: told from a young age that we should not try and make fast money and everything should be long-term. Do you believe that that's the case? Or should should you know young people be looking to start up businesses that do produce quick cash flow and lots of it? Should we be putting money in investments that are slightly more risky?
0: I. I think it depends on the person. First, what I would say is when people are so focused on quick money, they often neglect the fundamentals. And the failure isn't in the fast money. There's no issue in fast money. There's plenty of ways that are legit. You can make fast money, right? I can I can teach you how to sit, sell yachts, put you in a great job that you can sell yachts, and you'll make money, right? Making money is not difficulty. It's what are the skill sets that one needs to develop to keep that money. I don't flex making money, flex keeping the money. That's completely different because one thing is developing the skill set of creating wealth. Another one is the skill set of multiplying wealth. And the final, the skill set of preserving wealth, three completely different aspects. So this fast money that comes in also usually is attached with a lot of inexperience. Easy come, easy go. Easy come doesn't have to go easy unless you're properly equipped. The problem is people are not properly equipped, whether it's fast money or slow money. The issue I see is most people have the short-term thinking without developing the long-term thinking. I think you need to be intense and impatient in the short-term, but being gracious and kind with yourself, knowing that it takes a lifetime to get wealthy. There's a reason why billionaires have white hair. I'm a dad. Because it takes a long time to get rich. Yeah. And that's okay. Because it's not just getting rich in the pocket. It's getting rich in the mind. It's learning how to manage money. It's learning how to manage employees, it's learning how to manage teams. It's more than just making coin. Once you make coin, you'll realize there's a lot more to do and a lot more to learn than just money. So money is good. Money is essential. Make that money. Be, be urgent about it. Retire your parents. Take care of yourself. Live a good life. Eat healthy. You need all these things.
1: What's the, uh, the biggest loss you've ever experienced? And what did you learn from that?
0: Three point four million dollar loss trading crypto in one week. Wow! Uh, Don't revenge trade, and don't smoke weed while you're trading. (laughs)
2: How did that make you feel losing that money? That's normal, bro. Part of the process. So you weren't emotional at all about losing that amount of cash? Nah. Uh, What kind of what at that
1: stage? What percentage of your net worth was that? Three Probably like million. like seven percent,
0: eight percent. It's substantial, but it's like it doesn't really make a difference because I've also had really good trades, and I went into the trade knowing that I could lose sizably, but I wasn't expecting that. I woke up. It was funny. I was in Mexico, and fuck, bro, so bad. So I'm like smoking a joint with one of my boys. I'm like, hey, this. The market's gonna pump. This was when Bitcoin took the first crash, like the first crash from sixty all the way to like four. It was like disgusting, bro. Was, I got fucking wrecked. It spikes down. I go to bed, right? Like I'm, I'm in bed. I wake up in the morning. I go to my exchange, and I'm like refreshing. Right? I'm looking. I, I have like a three point six seven million dollar balance in there. I'm refreshing, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why is this not loading? Why isn't it not loading? So I contact support. I'm like, hey, guys, like my, my screen's not loading. What's going on? And they're like, what do you mean it's not loading? And like, yeah, I can't see my balance. I'm like, no, you got liquidated. So when I, went to the, when I went to check out my shit, it's not that my balance was not showing. It's that my balance was gone. Overnight, my entire thing got liquidated. I didn't set up my stop losses properly. I was smoking a joint, doing my own thing. I got fucked. Now, what was the lesson? One, revenge traded because I was trying to ride a wave that I wasn't supposed to ride. I had a prior loss, small loss right before. It was completely okay because I came from a $5.2 million win, $5.6 million win. And then from a $7.2 million ICO slash IDO token like release that I got. And that was fucking nice. So I was kind of coping with that. What it taught me was don't revenge trade and understand that you're playing with real fucking money, bro. But simultaneously, I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to bet heavy again and I'm going to continue developing the skills because when you see dudes that are out here talking about hundred million dollar investments, billion dollar investments, these are real people making real decisions of that level. And you need to have sizable balls and cojones, you know, to go for it. If you want big money, you got to be willing to risk it.
1: A lot of people would have probably just hung up their hat and been like, right. I hung it it up. I hung it up for a while, bro. I hung it up for a while. Fucked my. So, what makes you different? Like, why did you not hang it? Hang it up forever. I like crypto, bro. It's it's. I fucking love it, dude. I love it. I love crypto.
0: I love innovation. I love, I love the ability to uh, free markets. I like the ability to be able to invest into small projects, into, uh, new technology. I like the concept of, just. Being a degenerate online sometimes, bro. With these fucking with with this internet shit, I was a, de- a degenerate with fucking Shopify, dude. Like, if you want to go all in, you have to be a savage. You have to be a savage in anything that you pioneer in life. If you want to trade the markets, get good at trading the markets, dude. I'm buddy. I'm buddies with some of these crypto nerds, dude. These guys put order lots of thirty million dollars, forty million dollars. You see their P and L swing. $3, 4000000 million in a day. It's disgusting. What type of person you have to become to develop that level of strength to trade. Now, am I going to want to do that? I don't know. I went through it. It's pretty psychotic. It's pretty chaotic. There's a reason I'm in my mid-20s and I already have white hair. It's because I went through a period of like massive stress in the markets, but it went extremely well. I think people need to take sizable bets, less bets, and more informed bets. And that's a good starting point. So that was your biggest loss how about your biggest win 7.2 million dollar uh, investment token allocation i think i cashed in like 5.6 out of it in one day
1: and what token was that i can't say you
0: can't say no, 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 no. <laughs> that,
1: that is, is just fucking crazy, mental, though,
3: though. 5.6 i mean in
0: one bro day. look at uh i mean even capital club capital club did over three million dollars in the first eight hours net profit.
1: And how did that feel
0: when the money hit your bank account? It's not mine. It belongs to the club. I mean, I, I, I've, guys, I don't see money like mine anymore. I, it's the business's money. When, when it's when my investment firm makes money, I don't, I don't make money. The firm makes money. I, it's, it's when the private equity uh, firm goes out and buys a piece of a company and then sells it the fund and the private equity firm makes money, not Luke Belmar it lands in Luke Belmar's bank account. Luke Belmar is an employee of his companies. Luke Belmar gets salaried and Luke Belmar gets dividends quarterly and annually regarding his performance. That's it. And I operate it in that way. My companies have value. You know The, the, uh, the network that I have is what holds the value. So money's dope. I've made a lot of money. I've lost a lot of money. But what I think I'm most proud of is developing great relationships in the business space, great relationships in the entrepreneurial space with people like you guys, people like your dad, and enjoying this journey together. I think if we can stop talking so much about p and and really just focus on the journey and the development of self and how we can help each other and where we fuck up and where we're not so perfect, and introducing authenticity as now the new standard for what it means to be a good entrepreneur. I don't care if you make $80,000 a year. If you're a person of character, if you're a person of virtue, if you're a person of truth and authenticity, I, will re- I respect you. If you're a person that makes tens of millions of dollars, but you're a piece of shit, brother, what does that mean? It means nothing. We were talking about who, who, who was the billionaire that died recently, Charlie Munger, hero, entrepreneurial hero, investing hero, Billions of dollars, he's dead. Done. None of the money matters. His portfolio allocation doesn't matter. How much of Berkshire Hathaway he owns doesn't matter. None of it matters. The people that he impacted, the relationships that he had, the truth that he imparted, the virtue or non-virtue in which he lived is what determined whether he was successful or not. And hopefully on his deathbed, he determined, you know what, I lived a successful life. But he has an interesting quote. He says, to live in a state of dread or to live in a state of fear or to live in a state of anxiety is a terrible way to live. And that was him at 29 when he'd just gone through a divorce and a child that had died and then became a multi-billionaire. So you go from the valleys of death to the pinnacles of heaven and none of it still matters. It's how you treated everybody along the journey, how you treated yourself, how you were in that endeavor. And I think that that is the cumulative definition of
1: what I would say is successful. And I think we can all live it. Do you think generational wealth plays a part in success? Because I agree with you. All of those things are very important. Um, but, you know, what is See people want to yeah, become rich to, pass what is it on to their kids? What is wealth? well health uh, relationships money it's all of those things together but only
2: the money gets passed on is what you're yeah
1: so, oh, so well
0: wealth is a mindset wealth i can give a person a lot of money and them not be wealthy so wealth is a mindset so yes you can instill generational wealth
1: so you can pass on your knowledge 100 because well. that
0: is all that you can pass on dude if you give somebody money and they don't know how to wield it mm. you've destroyed them
1: 100 mm. percent agree We were interviewing Patrick Bet David the other day, and he has a new book uh, coming out called Choose Your Enemies Wisely. What do you think about that phrase? Choosing your enemies wisely
0: gives you the ability to position yourself as a figure of power. Because, and I haven't read his book yet, but I have a list of the top 10 books that will make you rich. And one of his books, Your Next Five Moves, is one of the books that I recommend on on my list. But picking your enemies wisely is important because first you need to understand your current level of strength, your current level of weakness, and understand who you're up against. So understanding your enemy allows you to then pick your enemy. And you want to have enemies. You want to have competition. But you want to have competition and you want to have enemies where you have where? Advantage. Where you have the higher ground. And I would all conclude it It all would take me back to probably a quote by Sun Tzu that says, when you are weak, appear to be strong. And when you are strong, appear to be weak. And that is the ultimate way to manage and to determine who your enemies are, because you manage them by managing the perception that they have of you.
1: I think that was a beautiful point to end the podcast on. We're being told to wrap up. Um, I'm sure we just scratched the surface. So maybe another time we can. uh, One of the most interesting characters I've ever spoke to, I must say.
0: Guys, it's been a pleasure. I think uh, we run a part two in London. Let's do it. That'd be fantastic. Thanks for having me, boys. Hashtag undeniable. Hashtag undeniable in the comment section. If you're going to live a life of undeniable potential. That you are going to be who you say that you are and that you become the best version of yourself. That when somebody looks at you, they say, This person is an undeniable person.
3: Let's run it. Pleasure. Thank you. Let's run it. Let's run, run it. <clears throat>